Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. It's another rainy day here in Northern California. Wow, we have certainly had the rain this year. But who is complaining? After four and a half years of really hard drought and big water bills, I think we're happy to have our reservoirs filled. Well, hello, all you power partners. Welcome to our informational playground. This is Star Style. Be the star you are coming to you live. On the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, and I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan. I'm bringing you this show through the SBCs of the charity, Be the Star You Are, that will be having a booth at the upcoming Moraga Fair. Thank you to our sponsor, Michael Verbrugge Construction, and to our authors who have donated books for our giveaway, Brooks Albray and Diana Zimmerman. The miracle moment is faith is putting all your eggs in one basket, then counting your blessings before they hatch. And this is from Ramona Carroll. And this is just really apropos because it's spring. My chickens are laying eggs. My goose is laying eggs. I only get eggs once a year from um, my geese. Well, and that's just a normal thing. So they're rather, rather special and they're most delicious. And that's what we're going to be talking about in segment one is all of the health benefits of eggs because eggs have gotten such a bad rap and people think that they're not healthy and too much cholesterol and you know all of that jazz so we're going to talk about it and we're going to uh, find out how you can actually prevent diseases by eating eggs we're also going to go into the garden I have been in the garden literally every day before work after work and uh, like eight hours on the weekends pulling weeds because of all this rain in California But getting ready uh, to plant a vegetable garden because I really like to eat fresh. So we're going to be talking about some of the garden stuff and my favorite color. And then finally, in segment three, if you are a parent, how do you coordinate discipline with your spouse or your partner? It's really one of the very tough, tough subjects that we all have to face because sometimes one person is more lenient, the other one is more strict. And so we're going to talk about a system that might benefit everyone in the family. So sit back, enjoy this hour of power, and hopefully you will get informed and motivated and encouraged and have a little bit of humor along the way. 
Well, you know, again, eggs. I've been called the chicken lady or the egg lady since I was about eight years old. And sometimes it was a title that I wore with pride. Other times I bowed my head and it was like, don't call me that. But now that I'm older and have had chickens most of my life, uh, only a couple of years I haven't had uh, raised chickens, I really can say I'm very proud of my girls and I am proud of the fresh eggs, the organic eggs, the healthful eggs that they have provided. So we're going to talk about that today. If you eat eggs in the United States, you have heard that they might increase your risk for diabetes, right? But if you eat them in Spain or France or Japan, you won't. In fact, you will decrease your risk of diabetes. Now, how can any of this be true? Does living in America somehow make eggs more dangerous? Would crossing the Atlantic or living in the, you know, in the Pacific Ocean Um, give you more protein, make you a better egg lover? Will it protect you from the disease? Do you have to relocate, you know, to enjoy nature's perfect food? Here's really the true story about eggs. And the thing about it is eggs have been misaligned for so long that it really is time that we look at the facts and that we decide what is it that we need to know Eggs truly are the perfect food. If you only had a couple of things to live on, eggs would be one of them because of all of the the proteins in that are in one healthy egg. Now, hens, eggs that are raised on pasture, which is like the way I do. In other words, they run around, the chickens scratch, they're not on wire, they're not in a cage, they're not a commercial egg. Um, this is the Department of Agriculture found that the nutrient data for eggs raised, you know, naturally as opposed to those that are done for commercial, that one egg has a third less cholesterol, a quarter less saturated fat, two thirds more vitamin A, two times more omega-3 fatty acids, three times more vitamin E, and seven times more beta carotene. Well, if that's not a reason to get a hen and have your own chicken and have them lay an egg in your garden, (laughs) I don't know what is. But let's just talk about the regular eggs you get. So eggs once were beloved by all, and then they became shunned because it was said that they were high in cholesterol. Well, now uh, we're back with nutritionists and home cooks. And they're all, you know, shouting the great graces of eggs. After all, dietary cholesterol is no longer a nutrient of concern, according to the latest dietary guidelines. And the only potential spoiler has been that diabetes risk. But the research has been totally confusing. While some of the studies suggested that dietary cholesterol might increase the risk of diabetes, others show that eating eggs improves the sensitivity to insulin, which protects against diabetes. And to shed light on the issues, researchers looked at 12 studies from the United States, Europe, and Japan with 220,000 people in the study. So that is a very big, uh, uh, that's a big study. And taken as a whole, the study showed no increase in risk for people who ate more eggs compared with those who ate fewer eggs. And then when the researchers looked at just the U.S. studies, they found the people who ate three eggs or more a week 
were 39% more likely to develop diabetes than people who ate fewer eggs or none. Now, that was kind of dicey because some American studies found no such link. And then the non-U.S. studies found that eggs were protective. In a Finnish study, for example, men aged 42 to 60 who ate the most eggs on a weekly basis over a 19-year period were 38% less likely to develop diabetes. And then the Japanese study found less diabetes in egg eaters, especially in women. So we have to put these findings in perspective. And so they're a registered dietitian and nutrition educator at the Mayo Clinic, Dr. Catherine Zerasky, was put to the test. And here's what she said about cracking this egg mystery. So first of all, we have to acknowledge that these are primarily observational studies that can't really prove cause and effect. But the, the studies do hold key clues. So who is eating lots of eggs? In the United States, people who eat the most eggs tend to also be less physically active and they eat more meat and they smoke. So egg consumers tend to have a higher body mass, a BMI, than those that don't eat eggs. But these findings aren't observed outside our borders because, again, people in the United States, they're usually having their eggs with bacon and sausage and And then that odd thing is, is that they're smoking. But what else are they eating? In the U.S., people who eat the most eggs are eating the most processed foods, such as sausage and bacon. So since avoiding eggs, especially egg yolks, had been a health care recommendation in the United States, it's not surprising that healthier people had been eating fewer eggs or that people with less healthy lifestyles uh, were eating more eggs. And that's going to change now that healthier people are likely to be eating more eggs. If you go to any good restaurant or you open any uh, uh, food magazine these days, you're going to see a an egg on almost every dish. It's so interesting how, a, you know, a, um, a poached egg, a soft-boiled egg, or a... Um, you know, just a lightly cooked egg will be put on top of a salad or on top of a pasta or on some kind of a stew. And it's really considered very avant-garde and incredibly healthy because adding that extra protein. We uh, here in America, as I said, tend to serve our eggs with bacon, sausage, you know, the those big home fried potatoes, lots of toast with butter and all of that is high in sugar, low in fiber, and that's not a really good healthy breakfast pattern. So uh, what's a healthier way to eat eggs? So a single large egg is very low in calories. It only has 78 calories, and it has 6 to 7 grams of protein, and that's more than 10% of your daily uh, value that you need. It has a, a good amount of iron, zinc, B12, B6, Chloine, an amino acid that is necessary for, you know, healthy brains, and they are satiating. In one weight loss study of people who already had diabetes, those who ate two eggs a day, six days a week, felt less hungry than those who took in the same number of calories but only ate two eggs a week as opposed to two eggs a day. Now, was there any difference in blood cholesterol between the two groups? No, there wasn't. 
In the context of an overall healthy diet, eggs are absolutely a great economical source of protein. Now, we have to be uh, cautionary, of course, because they do contain a moderate amount of saturated fat, which can increase some blood cholesterol uh, levels. So, you know, again, like everything, moderation is the best guide. I think uh, that I like eating an egg a day, and that seems to be the recommendation now by dietitians that it's a reasonable amount to eat seven eggs a day. I know that my dad always ate at least one or sometimes two eggs a day. And every time when I don't have an egg for breakfast, it seems that I'm much hungrier before lunch or throughout the day. When I have an egg in the morning, I tend not to be hungry for most of the days and I don't snack on junk food. So they really are satiating, which is a a really good thing. Um, Now, what the research is also saying that eating an egg a day has no effect on your risk for heart disease or stroke. So if you would like to have a two or three egg omelet, it's okay. Just do that two or three times a week, you know, so that's probably a good thing to do. Now, make the rest of your plate healthy too. If you have one or two poached eggs with some fruit on the side, that's terrific. So as a scramble, add some red peppers, some kale. I like to add arugula, one of my favorite things. I also like to add uh, uh, chopped onions and uh, scallions. I think that really that really always tastes good on it. And they have their own nutrients. You can also, you know, uh, slice in some sweet potatoes. At lunchtime, you could have a sliced hard-boiled egg, which adds protein to any salad, and it helps you absorb more vitamins from the greens. And then at dinner, you could have that sunny-side-up egg on your chopped Brussels sprouts or on your broccoli, or as I was saying earlier, that like they do in a lot of the restaurants here in California, they'll put it on a pasta, or they'll put it on a, qu- a, a quinoa, or they'll put it on a rice dish. So the bottom line is that eggs are once again very in the mode at the moment. They are healthy, and they are what they've always been. Versatile, inexpensive, good tasting, nutritious, low calorie, high protein, and they are for everyone. So if you haven't been eating your eggs because you had read or, you know, had ingrained in you that the research that it was not good for you or that you should only eat egg whites, you need to do some new research, get rid of the fake news, and start looking at what is going to be the best. And if at all possible... You know, buy your eggs from the farmer's market or better yet, if you have a neighbor or a friend who has their own chickens. It's really become quite popular now for people to have backyard chickens, whether it's one, two, you know, three, four. So many people um, are having just a few. In fact, if you go online and look for Um, chicken coops, you're going to find an array of absolutely darling chicken coops that will house up, you know, four to nine hens. And for a family of four, if you have three or four hens, you're going to get a couple to three eggs a day. And so you will be quite happy uh, with your eggs. I know that after raising chickens my whole life, 
I do not ever want to be without them. I really feel that they've added so much uh, to my health as well as to my entertainment and to friendship. They really become very uh, sweet and friendly. They greet me. Yes, I do feed them. But they're also environmentally correct because, as I said at the top of the hour, I have been in the garden literally every day weeding and preparing the soil and then instead of putting those weeds into a green bin or you know to be taken away by the um, refuse service I bring them up to the barnyard and the chickens peck at them and they eat them and they use them to nest and then all of that gets recycled back to the compost pile and gets put back in the garden and so it's really a wonderful way of of um of the circle of life and recycling. So I encourage you to eat some fresh eggs, to revisit why eggs are good for you, and to look at the nutritional value and the health value of them. And by the way, every part is good. The egg shells can be crunched up and thrown into your garden. That extra calcium that's in the shell is good for your plants. So, you know, what a wonderful little gift in that little package, that little gift of an egg. (laughs) When we come back from break, we will go into the garden and we're going to talk about my favorite color, purple. Don't go away. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel and this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. 
Well, God gets mad if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it. Alice Walker said that in the color purple. And I believe that purple reigns. As I walk through my April garden, I know that God is very happy because purple, the color of royalty, wisdom, and luxury, is favored in the majority of my botanical blooms. The nobility of the season is highlighted with the elegantly perfumed lilac, the scented grace of cascading wisteria, and the pride of the dark and handsome hellebore as it changes from its deep-shaded amethyst of winter to the violet and chartreuse of spring. Bees are swarming, sucking that sweet nectar from the fragrant flowers of lavender and freesia and the Chinese fringe. And shades of indigo, mauve, and sangria pepper the landscape, offering a powerful presence yet calming expression. Does that sound beautiful? (laughs) That's purple rains in my garden right now. And I am just having the best time because this spring, because of all the rain that California, Northern California specifically, has had, my garden is absolutely stunning. Yes, albeit with lots and lots of weeds, but the blooms are there. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. And we're talking about gardening right now. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going on in my garden, and I think it might be happening in yours, too, if you are in the western part of the United States. And of course, if you're in the snow country, none of this applies. But purple bearded iris, Dutch iris, they are tending their brilliance in the middle of the weed-filled hillside where Jerusalem Star, also known as Goat's Beard, is thriving. I really love the fact that so many of the plants have the names of animals. I mean, think about that. Here's here's this, this uh, kind of looks like a weed, but when it opens up, it's a really pretty lavender-colored or violet-colored uh, daisy-like plant that's called Jerusalem Star or Goat's Beard. You know, but then you have lamb's ear, you have um, bears, breeches. There's one day I'll just have to talk about all the different names of all the animal things that uh, that are in our garden, and it's usually because that the plant looks like the animal or the bird. Think about bird of paradise. You can't help but look at the bird of paradise without thinking about a tropical bird. It just looks like a a bird of paradise. Anyway, in my garden, the bulbs and the rhizomes are the ultimate VIPs. Once I planted them, I just forget about them. And then one day they just surprise me and they burst into bloom. And I get so excited because other plants might be failing or they didn't sprout or, you know, in winter or the beginning of spring, there really isn't that much color. So if you're a beginner gardener, I highly recommend that you indulge in bulbs for all season because most require little maintenance and effort with minimal water and they provide a maximum result. Now, some of my personal favorites that are available in these hues of purple that I'm talking about would be calla lily, gladiolus, oriental lily, bearded iris, asiatic lily, dahlia, anemone, and of course the naked lady. Now, naked lady is more of a pink but uh, but I really I I kind of think that in sometimes as it ages it 
takes on a purplish hue to it. So I really do adore that color purple. And so I dedicated this month to everything purple. I have been wearing purple. My fingernails are painted purple. And everything outside is really purple. But if you'd like to bring a little bit more of purple into your outdoors, here are a few of my favorite cultivars that you could uh, check out. Agastache Violet Vision, Aguila Swan Lavender, uh, Aster Kickin' Purple. Isn't that a great name, Kickin' Purple? Astilbe Purple Candles. Azaleas, there's several different kinds of azaleas and rhododendrons that come in purple. Bodelia, Miss Violet. Campanilla, Milan Lilac. Chinese French Plant. Clematis Giacomini. Now, there is also other clematis that are in varying colors of purple, but the Giacomini is a really deep, deep purple. So that's and so it really catches your eye. Delphinium Pagan Purple. That's a great name, too. Pagan Purple. Digitalis, which is a foxglove, also, you know, poisonous. Sugar Plum. Echinacea. It's called Magnus. Freesia. There's just, you know, purple and violet freesia. Hellebore. It's called Dark and Handsome. That's a good one. Um, uh, Huchera. It's called Fire Alarm. Hollyhock is creme de cassis. Hydrangea, let's dance rave. Iris, it's superstition. Lantana, it's just a purple lantana. You'd have to see it. Lavender, they're all in different shades of purple. And there's French lavender, English lavender, French lavender. So just check the ones that you want. Same with lilac. There's um, a French lilac and an English lilac, and they're both a different color of purple. One has more violet in it, sort of a little bit more red in it. it so it's a very, very mild, mauve kind of purple. And then the other one has more blue in it. So it's more of a cooler, a cooler purple. Phlox, Laura, Prunella, Purple Days, Rose, Angel Face, Rhododendron, salvia, it's called May Night. Society garlic, that's a good one because the deer don't eat it and it blooms all year long. Seafoam status, and that comes in purple. It's, you'll also find it in white. Tulips, you could get a black parrot or Victoria's Secret. A Veronica, it's called Hocus Pocus. And of course, wisteria. There's several different kinds of uh, colors of wisteria. Now, uh, one word about wisteria is you really have to plant it on a very sturdy base with sturdy poles and most likely a wood or metal structure because it actually becomes a tree. It gets a really big, heavy-duty trunk. And then as the vine twirls and swirls around everything, it literally chokes everything in its path. And if you don't have it on something sturdy, it's not going to last. Now, it will climb trees and take over. And what I mean by that is it will actually just kind of choke, I guess is the right word. Just choke the branches and you'll have a wisteria tree. If it's a tree you don't want to have, then it's totally fine, but otherwise you're going to have to really be diligent. Wisteria is beautiful, and it smells wonderful, but it can really get invasive if you don't have the proper foundation for it. Now, ask your nursery if they carry inventory 
from Bluestone Perennials, Brenton Becky's White Flower Farm, Proven Winners. Because while perusing the gardens, you may want to go there and get some of these that I just told you the names of. You can also buy petunias, pansies, zinnias, and other annuals in hues that are going to brighten your landscape. All of those come in the colors of purple as well. And thinking of purple, I can't help but think of Jimi Hendrix and his song, Purple Haze, All in My Brain. You know, do you remember that? Lately, things don't seem the same. Acting funny, but I don't know why. Excuse me while I kiss the sky. Well, I guess I'm kissing the sky because I am jumping for joy with spring. So I would say to get your purple haze on. So here are a few uh, guide, some tips for April. Splash your barbecue grill with white vinegar and then scrub it with half an onion to clean the grates and get ready for your outside dining. You can buff your garden tools by plunging them in a five-gallon bucket of sand mixed with a cup of vegetable oil. Now, what happens is the sand keeps them sharper and the oil wards off the rust. So small hand tools can also be stored in the sand bucket if you want to do that. It might be a good way to keep track of some of your small tools, keep them clean and sharp at the same time. Plant your frost tender plants as the weather um, warms towards the end of this month. Ground cover, citrus, bougainvillea, and summer annuals are now getting available for purchase. You can sow seeds of scarlet runner beans, sweet peas, and morning glories to climb on fences and wire. Now, morning glories are poisonous, so you want to really be careful with them. Every part of the plant is poisonous so do not think about eating it but they are beautiful um, and they are really exquisite dependable bloomers some of them like the grandpa oughts some of those the blue ones that you see they're considered an invasive species in the caribbean and in bermuda because just like the wisteria that takes over they actually just crawl over everything but Mostly here in the Continental 48, they don't become invasive. I don't know if it's just the weather isn't correct for them or what it is. So I think that morning glory growing on a fence can be really beautiful. But I want to tell you, if you're going to plant seeds, here's a special germination instruction. You need to soak the seeds in water for 12 to 24 hours before planting. The other way you can do it is you can nick each little seed with sandpaper before sowing. But the seeds are so small, that's hard. So I really suggest just put the seeds in water, let them soak, and then... Um, you can, you know, one to two weeks after the last frost, wherever you are in the United States, you can plant them and you can, uh, you know, if you start them too early outside, you're going to end up with less vigorous plants. It's better to start everything when it's warmer. You could also start them inside, by the way, you know, four to six weeks before planting outside. So if you still have snow in your area, start them inside. So sow them into a pulp pot and then transplant directly outside and you won't disturb the roots and then you'll be just fine and let's see what else we can do here oh uh, resist cutting back those dying leaves of the narcissi and the daffodils or tulips the the fronds are gathering their nutrition for next year's bloom you cut them back only when they are as dry as potato chips so don't cut them back now 
bait the snails and slugs, pick them off by hand. You can use copper barriers or you can use bowls of beer because these slimy crawlers are going to develop and just devour all of your new seedlings. So you don't want them out there. Buy ladybugs from your nursery or garden center if you see aphids or other pests on your plants. But remember, ladybugs fly to infested gardens. So if you get ladybugs and they're only in your garden for a few days, it means there's only enough of um, food there for them to last a few days and then they fly on. And that's actually a good sign because it means that you only have healthy bugs. Select appropriate plants in one or two gallon pots for your shade garden. Smaller sizes don't root as quickly. Now, hostas, ferns, vinca minor, anemones, begonias, and impatience, they mingle beautifully without too much sunlight. Plant purple anything this spring, and you're going to be delighted all year because purple just seems to be a neutral color that goes with everything. Now, weed, weed, weed. Because of the heavy rains, as I've already said here in California, the weeds are ubiquitous. They are very easy to pull. And if they don't have seed heads, you can add them to your compost pile. But the reason I really encourage weeding now is before they gather their seed heads, once those start spreading, what's going to happen is the birds and the wind is going to split, spread the seeds, and then you're going to have just so many um, weeds next year. Now, I think I mentioned on the show that I have been chosen as a, jo- a judge in America's Best Gardener Contest. That should be a lot of fun. You can enter your best garden photo. The top prize is going to be $50,000. Now, I wish I could enter because I think I have a great garden, but as a judge, obviously, I can't enter. So you can go to americasbestgardener.com and just check out the rules and how you can enter. I believe it will be finished by the late fall. And also, my book, Growing with the Goddess Gardener, book one in the Garden Short series, has been delayed a little bit with publishing, but it will be ready most likely by mid-May. I'm hoping it will be here before our Moraga Fair on May 13th, because I have so many people that want that that book. And the first editions that are going to be coming out They're going to have the cover will be in color, but the inside photos are just going to be in black and white. Probably this time next year, we'll be doing a color book of it. But the way publishing goes, you kind of go in the baby steps. So in any case, uh, think about Mother's Day. It's coming up. And what about buying like a purple lavender plant to show your love for your mother or maybe a purple orchid? Or if you want something else to plant outside and she has a bigger garden and shade and room for it, and or a rhododendron in purple would be really, really pretty. So I think that purple rains. So let's let it rain purple. <laughs> so happy gardening and happy growing. And when we come back from our break, what we'll be talking about is how that we can approach disciplining our children as a unit with your spouse or your partner, you know, as parents, as opposed to pitting one against another. It's a tough job to be a parent, but as Mother's Day approaches, I think we think about these things just a little bit more. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and I will be right back with Discipline. Be the star you are, the star you 
your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. For optimum success, a business that not only wants to survive but thrive maintains a training program. By starting each day with a positive attitude and a focus on fun, the mood in the business environment is enhanced for employees and customers alike. It is important to offer and have everyone in your organization participate in continuing education. So here are some suggestions for implementing a consistent and a committed program. Set goals. Let employees share their ideas and help them achieve them by cultivating and enhancing interpersonal skills. Train on timely issues. Schedule your pertinent topics at the beginning of the year and then follow through on the important situations. Write a short mission statement. Make your corporate purpose, vision, and values clear. Motivate with enthusiasm. Be sure your speakers and trainers are energetic and informed. Keep track. When an employee is committed to excellence, he will attend these sessions. Make it count and record attendance. Safety first. Emphasize the importance of safety on the job for more efficiency. Cross-train. Every performance has a direct impact on the success of the company. So when you cross-train, everybody learns a little bit about other people's work. Every person makes a contribution to the whole. Have fun. No matter how serious the training, have short, sweet, and light sessions for better retention. Provide detailed feedback by identifying what employees are doing right Reinforce positive behavior by addressing errors which are correctable in the moment. By communicating, listening, role-playing, and offering hands-on teaching, team building is encouraged and professionalism results. Training is not always easy. It's not always appreciated, but it is worth the extra effort. Enroll each employee to envision the future of your organization, seeing herself or himself playing an important role in shaping the dynamic future. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite for Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com or to book a consultation, call 925-377-7827. That's 925-377-STAR. Be the star you The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 376 Moraga, California 94556 Be the star you are dot org Dare to care Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment 
It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, we are back, and thank you so much for staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. For more information on our radio shows, you can visit starstyleradio.com. You'll find information not only about Star Style, but also about Express Yourself Teen Radio, our uh, teen and young adult show where we bring you lots of authors and celebrities, and it's hosted by teen hosts and reporters. So very, very fun show. So we're going to talk about discipline because it's a tough subject. It's really hard on parents and many parents face that issue of how to coordinate their efforts to discipline their children. So one parent might tend to be, you know, a very strict disciplinarian while the other one might be more lenient. I know that when I was growing up, my dad never had to even raise a finger. He could just look at us and say he was disappointed in us and we would just start crying and be so upset, whereas my mom would get more angry and she was really, she was much stricter and harder on us, although they never disagreed on how to discipline us. It was just their method. So it's very interesting that I think that we have to discuss how we're going to do it so that whatever happens is going to be the right approach for the kids. If one parent is low-key and non-confrontational and the other parent is, uh, you know, is, is confrontational, then one parent's going to start feeling resented being always the one who's playing the bad cop or always the one that has to provide the discipline and, you know, and be the strict parent. You know how the, in the old, the, the old days, quote unquote old days, you know, people would say, just wait till your dad gets home and he's going to, he'll take the belt to you or whatever. Of course, that would be really bad these days, but in days past, that's the way it was. I can't imagine that. That doesn't teach you anything. It just teaches fear. So when it comes to disciplining our kids, we are often products of our own childhood, whatever that family environment was. Now, if you grew up in a healthy family atmosphere where discipline was neither too strict nor too indulgent, that's what we would call an authoritative approach. With parents like that, the parents are in control, but children do have a voice, which is good. And it's always good to have to let kids have a voice, but to let them know who is in charge. And, you know, there's a, a participatory system. So family relationships can grow to be very strong and very respectful. Now, if you grow up in a family that's more on the permissive side, parents might be hesitant to take control, and then they allow their children a great deal of freedom. Now, that may mean that you never have any meals together, or you don't really sit down to talk. There may not be limits on television or screen time or curfews. And even though the kids might feel like they have a good relationship with their parents, and appreciate their leniency, what can happen is there can be anger, hostility, and a lot of trouble that the kids can get in. So in order for you to be a fair disciplinarian and a regular disciplinarian, let's introduce the idea of reluctancy. So a parent who demonstrates with words, tone of voice, and body language 
that he really doesn't want to have to be in the position of having to discipline. Unfortunately, the child's behavior necessitates a consequence. So too often there's power struggles, there's resistance, there's resentment, and then anger arises when a parent disciplines in a strong manner. So if a parent's loud, angry voice and is, has a really you know, irate facial expression coupled with criticisms or threats, that doesn't tend to produce any desirable outcome. And yes, the child will be corrected and the child might be disciplined, but there's probably going to be quite a bit of collateral damage. So when we want to discipline in a manner that shows our children that there are rules and ways of behaving that we expect them to follow, we can be very clear about what we expect and give them a warning whenever possible before we implement or initiate a consequence and have a purpose to train them to behave in certain ways and also for them to know that they need to go along with our program because what we're trying to do is establish cooperation and respect. So when we kind of, when we discipline in a, a more mindful way, a parent actually shows a child that he or she is not taking any satisfaction at all and having to take charge. The parent is not angry. The parent is just matter of fact or perhaps sad because rules weren't followed. Now, do you see the difference if a parent is loud and angry and irate facial expressions versus expressing that, okay, I'm not angry. This is just what happened. You broke the rules. These are the consequences. Now, of course, it's easier said than done. With with me saying that, it's easier said than done. Sometimes we can't help it as parents. We're exhausted. The kids do something you've told them a thousand times, you know, to pick up their shoes because somebody's going to trip. And lo and behold, somebody trips again because of the shoes are there. And you can't help but get upset because now you're dealing with multiple issues. But it is important to at least attempt to match your tone of voice, make it as compassionate and your facial expressions, you know, that are kind of half-hearted with your words. You want your child to perceive that you are always on his side, that you love the child, but you don't like the certain behavior or you don't like that they didn't follow the rules. Um, even though sometimes you need to insert, you know, insert your authority and you have to insist on certain behaviors and certain rules. Children who are given parameters and who are given rules literally have more structure in their life and statistics show they usually are uh, more successful. Now, of course, as we've always found with statistics, you can find the positive and negative to support whatever it is that you want to support. So uh, we won't even go into that because I'm sure every parent is going to be listening and just saying, okay, well, I can do this, but I can't do that. So as a parent, a parent first has to be able to suppress her own anger at her child's misdeeds so that she can come across sincerely and effectively. It can help to take some time to evaluate the situation and to figure out how to have a measured response. You know, maybe take a few deep breaths. Maybe walk out of the room for a second and say, we have to talk about this. You may want to even talk to your partner first or even to another trusted advisor, a person, you know, 
a, um, a, well, a church leader, a counselor, a teacher. You may want to do just, just lots of thinking about it. I really think deep breathing helps and taking a time out, just like we give our kids a time out. We parents need a time out. So maybe that's something you could start with your kids and say, look it, when we get upset, we're all going to take a time out. So we're going to have our password, which is time out. And that just means that all of us take a deep breath and nobody says anything for three minutes. In any case, you want to avoid reacting or responding too quickly unless the situation really calls for a very, very fast correction. If there's something that's in danger, obviously, you have to uh, correct right away. Now, a toddler who continually defies parental authority or who is in possible danger would really need some intervention right away. A teen who is continually ignored in agreement, such as failing to do the dishes or not meeting a curfew, um, you know, maybe they can wait a little bit for a parental response. Again, take that deep breath. So if they're not in imminent danger, sometimes it's better to wait. It's just like with anything that we do. You know, very often, you know, if I'm really angry about something, instead of, you know, typing out and sending that email or picking up the phone or I really just like to think about it, take a breath about it. Maybe I write it down, but you don't send anything. So as with acquiring any new skill, the more you practice this reluctant discipline, the more instinctively you're going to be able to apply it. Anger begets more anger. If you, you know, I think this is why we have come that full circle of being too lax and too stringent, you know, because we're trying to find that middle ground where discipline works, but at the same time, it's compassionate, it's caring, and it's correct. You know, when you remove anger from disciplining, you're going to enable your child to be better able to look at his or her own actions instead of reacting in a very negative way, you know, and just saying, oh, you always say this or, you know, I hate you or whatever the parental verbal or nonverbal messages. And I know that some kids always will say, okay, I'll fix it or yes, I'll do that. And then they go and do exactly the opposite thing. So it's, it's a tough job being a parent and we just have to continually try to use different disciplinary uh, techniques. But children benefit and will feel more secure when parents are able to work together as a team and to think about what it is that they are doing. So think about that. And again, just remember to take those very deep breaths. So that's uh, what I wanted to say about disciplining your children. It's a lifelong (laughs) process, and we always think that we have a perfect kid until they're not perfect anymore, right? And then we realize how imperfect we all are. And, of course, we have to remember our own childhood and remember our own teen years, and um, hopefully history will not repeat itself. Now, Moraga Fair is coming up on May 13th, and we certainly hope that you are going to join us there. There's more information at bethestarur.org forward slash events. And uh, Chelsea Pelchat is our 
coordinator for this. And it's really going to be a, a really fun day. It starts at 11 and ends at 4, although volunteers will begin working at 8.30 and uh, we'll be going until 4.30. If you are in the area and you would like to volunteer, please um, shoot me an email, Cynthia at star-style.com, and I'll put you in touch with our team coordinator. If you're a company, individual, or business who would like to be part of our sponsorship package and get a tax deduction, uh, do the same thing. Email me, Cynthia at star-style.com. Again, I want to give a shout-out to Michael Verbrugge Construction, for being a sponsor of our Moraga Fair. He's done this for the last couple of years, and that really makes a difference for us. It enables us to give out some complimentary books, and we thank Brooks Albrecht, author, and Diana Zimmerman. So we'll be having some books for little kids as well as for preteens, and then we'll have some free activities for kids. We'll have a reading circle where they'll have books read to them. We'll be having face painting and tattooing. And it's just going to be a lot of fun for the whole family. At the fair, there are food trucks. There's music for adults. There's a wine and a beer pavilion. Uh, there's dancing. There's about 70 booths. There is a whole children's play area and bouncies and all of that kind of thing. So don't miss it. Again, visit bethestarur.org forward slash events. Oh, and I forgot to mention, for all you car buffs, there's a very big, very fancy, very fun car show. And uh, so you will really love that. So we'll see you at the Moraga Fair. And we will also see you or we'll talk next week, 4 to 5 p.m. right here on Voice America on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And until then, I want to thank you so much for listening to me every week. For more information about Star Style Productions, please visit CynthiaBryan.com. If you'd want a coaching session for writing, speaking, or even radio interviewing, media interviewing, please uh, shoot me an email or call our offices, 925-377-STAR. We'd love you to get involved with Be The Star You Are charity. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. Make sure to check out our April newsletter that just was um, distributed. It has lots of information in it and focuses on some of our volunteers. So we hope you have been encouraged, inspired, amused, and motivated to see beyond your physical being and know you're already a star. And continue reading a book because we do believe a book is like a garden in your pocket. And speaking of gardens, now that it's spring, get out into the garden and smell that fresh air and dig in the dirt and just enjoy nature. It really is the greatest. And just remember that you are the best. You have something wonderful to offer. You're the coolest. You don't have to adjust a thing. That this is not a test because you've already won the race. And go and get what you want out of life. Because you can imagine your dreams as if they already exist. Speak as if they already exist. And act as if they already exist. When we celebrate next week, until then, remember... Love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. We'll talk next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. Be the star.
star you are, the star you are, be the star you are, you are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. you